Welcome to a new world where you can take a celebrity's voice and make it say anything you want by just typing the words. Let's find out more. This is Tim Ferriss. Welcome to another episode of The Tim Ferriss Show. We're going to talk about house prices. Online, kid. Go ahead. House prices in Ireland in particular. The Two Johnnies podcast bringing you all the mayhem and news from the world of the Two Johnnies. Open the pod bay doors. Huh? This is Business Wars. The EY Podcast CEO Outlook Series. Pod this one. is the Tommy's Tiernan's Tommy's choice. idea. We just go for it. Brace yourself. Go ahead. Absolutely go ahead. It's showtime. Welcome to How to Build a Podcast for Your Brand from DustPod.ie. My name is Dusty Rhodes. Today, we're looking at two possibilities. The first, working with high-profile people from a very senior executive in a company to an influential celebrity, where the difficult access to these people can make it hard if something needs a slight edit or a clarification. Can technology really take their voice and make it say what you want? Then... We're going to go one step further where you can take the recording of that executive or celebrity and then translate it so that they're saying the same words in a different language. And if you think I'm kidding, we're going to give you a stunning example of this in action during the podcast today. Joining us to chat about this is a man who has worked at the leading edge of radio and new media for many years in the UK. He was one of the first to launch podcasts with Virgin Radio around 2006 before serving as the head of future media and technology with the BBC. He is an internationally recognised thought leader in this space and speaks regularly at the largest conferences worldwide. Today, he is acknowledged as a leader in the podcasting world and as the founder of podnews.net. He pretty much knows everybody and is the first to hear what's going on, including the developments we're talking about today. It's a pleasure to welcome James Cridland. How are you? It's a great pleasure to be here. How are you, Dusty? You good? <laughs> very, very good. So the, we we know each other a long, 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 long time. You're, I would have to say, you're probably the most English person I know, accent-wise. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I don't that's know whether that's good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good, uh, and I'm only kind of pointing that out so that people will listen to your voice during this, and then when we do our demonstration later, they'll go, "Oh my God." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's start with uh, kind of, I suppose audio and text and transcription is kind of what, what I'm thinking of. It's quite easy these days to get something transcribed relatively well, actually. You just upload an MP3 file or you speak directly into your phone and bop, 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 bosh, out it comes out. Um, where, what would you say are the best services that you know online for uh, transcription? Yeah, I mean, there are a fair amount of these. Uh, Rev.com is uh, relatively well thought of. Uh, Amazon has a version uh, of it as well, as does uh, Google. And actually, there are various things that you can even get on your phone, which are free that you can basically sit there um, and um, and uh, train on, mm. uh, you know, on something and make it uh, make it, uh, you know, give you give you a decent um, uh, transcript. In fact, I think even if you use Google Docs online or you use Microsoft Word online, then uh, there's a little button even in there to end up doing that. So one easy way of transcribing is to 
um, <laughs> is to uh, play back a file in a quiet room, leave your computer in there, <laughs> and, and it will do about an hour, um, you know, prior to it getting a little bit upset. So, yeah, so you can do all, all sorts of that um, mm. uh, things, and they all do a relatively good job. Um, I mean, if you say that something is about 90% accurate, then that sounds good until you realize that that means that one word out of every 10 is going to be wrong. So actually, it's not that good, really. Mm. So what typically you end up having to do is to do a bit of manual human uh, curation to that afterwards. But, you know, um, it's still a pretty good start and it mm. certainly saves an awful lot of time. One of the services that we're going to talk about today is Transcript because they are really marrying transcription and audio uh, files. And one of the things they have is is that if you upload an audio file, it will transcribe it. But then you can edit the audio like you would a Word document. You've used this. Uh, what have you used it for? Yeah, so the, the service is called Descript and uh, it works uh, it works really well. So you basically use it as a recorder. You record into it. And as you say, mm -hmm. Um, it uh, pretty well turns what you've said into a Word document. And if there's an um or an er, then it will automatically get rid of those if you want to. Um, so you can get rid of filler words such as that. But you can also go, okay, I want that sentence to be over here. And so you can, you can copy and paste it, you can cut and paste it and move it around, and it will do all of the audio editing for you. And it does a really good job. It's a really good... Uh, quick and simple. You can still hear a few of the edits if you're uh, an audio nerd like you and me, but I, I'm guessing that uh, you know most of the edits you wouldn't notice, and you know, and it works really well. And it's a and it's a smart uh, it's a smart tool that basically allows almost anybody to begin to uh, edit audio without having to worry about waveforms or you know, indeed in. Um, mm. You know, in my day, it was it was pieces of magnetic tape and chinograph pencils and stuff like that. Yes, and razor yeah. blades, which cut the... And uh, razor blades. Thing, we're which showing our age there, yes. Um, yes. But th th this service now has kind of gone one further because editing audio and taking stuff out or rearranging stuff is one thing. Mm. Then quite often you realise... Uh-oh, um, I've actually missed a word or I've mispronounced a word or that was the wrong word and I need to change it. Yes. That's yes. possible as well. Indeed. So it's got two different things in there. So the first thing that it's got is it's got a bunch of actors who will say things. So you can, if you want to use this tool or others like it, you can type in whatever whatever it is you would like a American woman to say, and it will automatically have an American woman saying mm. that, and that's mm. all good, and that's all clever. Or if you do some training, you can train it with your own voice. And so uh, that training is not a quick process, it has mm. to be said. It took me about half an hour, and you end up reading a story and because I do a podcast where I sound as if I'm reading the news, I was there reading reading this story in the style of a news report, and it sounded a bit strange. And it turns out it was the story of um, the Wizard of Oz, actually, because it's um, it's out of copyright, and so therefore they 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 were just they were just using that. But that text is enough to then train the um, the artificial intelligence to work out what your voice sounds like. 
And so if you uh, if you use that to make an entire podcast, it'll still sound a little bit robotic. But if, for example, you said that um, we're currently 10,000 kilometers apart, and then you realize it's not kilometers in the edit, you, you realize it's actually miles, wow. then actually you could very easily change that without having to ring up the talent who you've mm. who you've had and say, can you go into a studio and say the word miles for mm. me? Um, so you can end up doing uh, quite a lot of those, you know, really nice little pieces of uh, just sort of polish. Mm. And it's very difficult to spot when you've ended up doing this. Am I correct in thinking that you did a very extreme experiment with this where you because you do podnews.net and it's a, a daily update by by email free just go to the website sign up for i highly recommend it but james as he said also does a podcast version of this mm. now is it true that you actually used a uh, descript to read the news for you one day yeah, I did. So one day I decided that I would use um, this particular tool because it was brand new. And um, after twisting the arm of the PR person who thought that I was off uh, after a freebie, well, I kind of was, um, I was able to use the tool to um, to basically speak my uh, my entire show. And that was very interesting. It, it was, you know, it wasn't perfect. Mm. Um, I gave it the minimum of half an hour's worth of, um, of, uh, Wizard know, of, Oz? of, uh, of uh, yeah, of Wizard <laughs> of Oz. Uh, so we didn't get very, very far in the story, mm. but nevertheless, um, it was good enough to give something that sounded like me. It was obviously recognizably me. Um, it wasn't necessarily as, uh, as emotive as, you know, as, as me in real life is, but it's certainly a good start, you know, in terms of that. And that's why I say, you know, it can be really useful for small corrections. Mm. It's probably not the sort of thing that you would feed an entire newspaper article no. in and hope that that would, you know, work. But it still works, you know, really, really well. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's what I'm thinking of is because if you're working with a celebrity or you're working with your, your CEO, I mean, these people are not easy to get to and you see a mistake like that. You could mm. actually have the AI trained with your CEO's voice and because, you know, nobody wants, you know, some high executive at their company to come across saying the wrong thing. <laughs> No, oh, no, indeed. It so it's, so and, it's, and you also and you also have an issue where actually it's one thing finding the time for that mm. person to come back into the studio, yeah. but then you have to make sure that the microphone is, is is in exactly the same place. You need to make sure that you know if they had a sore throat from the previous night's football, then they uh, should you know shout a bit first <laughs> and all of that because otherwise you can still hear the edit. Yeah. So it's it, it's actually really helpful to be able to have a bank of their voice, yeah. you know, um, uh, there. And by the way, I should point out that um, they've worked very hard on the ethics as well, both of the, of the companies that we're going to talk about. Um, Descript has worked very hard on the, on the ethics to make sure that the first thing that you have to say is, I agree that this company can take a voice print and can use my voice and blah, blah, blah. If you don't say that, and that is checked, if you don't say that, then uh, this particular voice won't be available for you. So there's a lot of talk about deep fake and there's a lot of talk about ethics. Mm. And all of this, you know, to a point gets rid of some of the concerns and some of the worries there. Now, everything we've spoken about to this point is child's play 
as to what we're about to to mention and you know kind of what you were saying there about voice print and everything is 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 really good because there's a new service called Marvel AI and they're just taking it to levels i mean it's kind of we were just talking about if you have a ceo or a, or or a celebrity you're working with and you need to change it from kilometers to miles or whatever you, you know this service are taking tell me about it yeah <laughs> because so- it just blows my mind So one of the things that they have pointed out is that there are, of course, a lot of people listening to podcasts all over the world. And it may come as a surprise, but there are some parts of the world where they don't speak English and they would much rather hear their podcast in a language that Mm. they understand. Mm. And so what uh, Marvel AI, which is owned by Veritone, have done is that they have married a synthetic voice with a translating tool as well. And they actually use both uh, machine uh, learning uh, translation, but also human beings, because there are certain words and things that you just want to make sure that work correctly. So you end up with something which is, um, which, you know, you may have recorded in English. It will uh, transfer that into text in English and then will translate it into, let's say, Spanish. Um, So you already have a nice transcription in Spanish, which is a great help. But then what it will do is with your voice, with your voice print, it will take your voice and make you speak a different language, which is amazing. Would you like to hear a little bit of me speaking Spanish, Dusty? Absolutely. Bring it on. Pasa cualquier tiempo con cualquier directorio de podcasts y verás una gran cantidad de programas en inglés. Pero el inglés es el idioma principal de menos del 5% de la población mundial. Gracias a una nueva tecnología inteligente, los podcasts podrían estar disponibles en varios idiomas, sin sonar como un robot de los 80. Now, I should say that I do not speak a word of Spanish. I have no idea what I just said. Isn't that the weirdest thing to say? I have no idea what I just said. Um, But that is me speaking Spanish with Spanish uh, mouth sounds, which I don't actually know how to do. Um, And uh, and I'm told by uh, people who speak Spanish that it is a bit recognizably synthetic, hmm. but it's also absolutely fine. And it's much better for them to listen to a Spanish voice than it is to try and listen to me speaking in my hoity-toity English hmm. uh, accent. Um, uh, far easier for them to understand. Isn't that fantastic? And this is why I was asking at the start of the podcast to listen to your accent because, you know, it's very identifiably English. Um, mm. But then when it translates, listening to that Spanish clip, it's like, it doesn't sound like you, but then it's kind of, oh, no, hang on. Yes, there there are just certain qualities about that where I know that it is your voice. And yes. what I think is quite clever, and this is a real thing in, in, in Spain, a friend of mine moved there, and he said uh, one of the culture things in Spanish is that, especially if you're a man, to establish your dominance and da-da-da-da, is men will typically speak in a lower tone. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> I am the man, that kind of a stupid carry on. Yeah. Um, but it's done that with your, um, with, with what yes. it did. So it's kind of like, so we're used to translation services with Google Translate, where you can put in English and you get out Spanish text. What you have just done is you're telling me you recorded yes. something in English and then it gave mm-hmm. you your voice speaking in Spanish. 
speaking in Spanish, which is is just fascinating. And you can see how useful this would be. So we ended up. Um, so I. I um, so what Pod News does is I do a daily. Uh, newsletter all about uh, podcasting news, but uh, Brian, Brian Barletta, um, who works with me, does a weekly podcast all about um, a weekly um, newsletter hmm. all about uh, ad tech in podcasting. Very, very deeply, um, you know, specialist. But, um, you know, clearly there are an awful lot, particularly in the US, there's an awful lot of um, of uh, Spanish speakers who would be interested in that sort of thing. And so Brian ended up working uh, with them. Um, this needs far more training. So they asked for three hours of my voice, um, which is uh, which is quite a lot, it turns out. Um, but what was interesting is they basically said, we, we just want three hours of maybe you've got some podcasts, maybe you've got some, you know, some other things that you have already recorded. Can we have those, but just your end, please? And it just so happens that I've got quite a few bits of audio like that. And so I was able to give them a great big dump of my, uh, of my voice and, and that worked, you know, really well, um, you know, for them. Um, but there are real opportunities, I think, in if you have a message, hmm. if you are particularly a company and you are podcasting uh, and you have a message about the, uh, the, uh, the product that you have or the service that you offer, hmm. then your CEO could be giving that message in a different language to the language that your CEO actually speaks. And that is a, a tremendously exciting mm. thing. I think globally it's it's important because, I mean, English is widely spoken, but Chinese is a massive language. Arabic is another massive language. Spanish is another massive language. Yeah. Um, and then when you look more locally, locally, uh, like around Europe, you know, you've got German, Italians, French, da, 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 all of those different. And it, yeah. it is a little bit of a, a, a struggle to when we're working on that international level. But for any kind of a video presentation or for a podcast or whatever, to be able to have that person's voice in another language is just stunning. Mm. But then it gets a little bit more nuanced as well, because it can translate your voice from English into American English. <laughs> it can. Is that a even very English? strange thing because it, because it is an American company. Yes. What they've ended up doing, of course, is that they've ingested my voice as an English accent, mm. and there are some things that I say in English, obviously in a British English accent, but there are you know it's it's a different um, uh, uh, there are different vowels and different um, uh, voice sounds if you're talking in American mm. English. And so what you can do is you can ask this, uh, this uh, uh, system to end up speaking in American as well. Um, and so this is what I sound like, apparently, <laughs> speaking in American. Are you ready for this? Go on. Here we go. Spend any time with any podcast directory, and you'll see a wild amount of English language shows. But English is the primary language for less than 5% of the global population. Thanks to some clever new tech, podcasts could be made available in multiple languages without sounding like an 80s robot. Now, that is exactly the same thing as I just said in uh, Spanish earlier on, but isn't that the weirdest thing? That is so... <laughs> <laughs> That's me just, speaking in a Texan accent. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, the, 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 one of the big pitches of uh, this company, Marvel.ai, and that's their website, Marvel.ai, is that they're kind of saying if you're working with a high-end celebrity and, you know, mm. I think Tim Cook was one of the examples that they had on, on the video on their website. It's kind of like, you know, you can 
do the three hours voice training with a celebrity, whoever it is, and then they never have to come to a studio again to do any kind of a recording for a radio commercial or for a TV commercial or a video presentation or whatever it is. Do you think it's capable of doing that? Um, whether or not it's capable of doing that um, at scale. So, you know, uh, I, I don't think you could narrate an audio book, you know, by, by doing that. But I, I would certainly have thought that it's possible once you've got the voice print in the system, I would have certainly thought that it's possible to do, you know, lines for commercials and that sort of thing. Mm. Or maybe even you could, if you were doing, I don't know, a betting commercial, perhaps you could automatically update it with the latest odds. Um, so you could, or you could, you know, uh, give what the weather forecast is going mm. to be and all of that sort of thing. Um, and I'm sure that that is very, very possible now. I do understand that there have been some um, uh, some movies uh, where they have used a little bit of this technology to actually, you know, if you're doing a biopic about somebody and you would really have liked them to have said something on tape when they were younger, then, you know, you can do a little bit of sort of, you know, working of that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of work as well. Um, so I think, I think, you know, it's certainly capable of a lot of really interesting things. And I think the concern obviously is that, you know, well, you, you could just get anybody to say anything, couldn't you? And of course you could. Hmm. Um, but you know, you are, uh, you know, there are a few things that, uh, you know, there, there is also, there is also, and you should, uh, you should have a look at this. There's a YouTube video from, um, a, a good, uh, comedian, um, who was trying this sort of technology out and he was given a piece of text that he recognized as being a piece of text from David Attenborough's Life on Earth. Um, and so he thought, right, instead of me reading this out, I'm going to just play the DVD in of David Attenborough so that I've got a faked David Attenborough. So he's, he's ended up doing a deep fake of David Attenborough where, you know, David Attenborough is saying, I don't know why you bother, you know, uh, uh, we're all going to hell in a handcart and mm. all this kind of uh, stuff, which mm. is, which is very, very clever. Um, but, uh, you know, that's sort of, that's sort of going one step further, I think. It is insane. Uh, when you think, like the deep fakes that they can do with the video is unbelievable. And then when you match it up with what they're able to do with this voice print, I mean, how can you actually tell uh, the real thing from, from, from somebody else? What kind of protection or have you any idea what kind of protections are built into? So, I mean, you kind of starting off with saying, yeah, I agree to my voice being voice printed or whatever. That's all well and good. But how does somebody like Tim Cook protect himself from having some computer-generated version of his voice um, telling people to buy Microsoft computers. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think I think partially it's um, the the uh, the training really only works if you have enough of the right type of quality voice in in the right you know in the right thing. Mm. So I think you know partially it is up to that legal. Thing of getting a voice to agree on tape that mm. this is okay for them to do. I ended up signing, um, it was two pages of quite densely written uh, words, which was basically all of the things that uh, this company could do with my voice and mm. wouldn't do with my voice and what um, and what I could do if I changed my mind. Because, of course, it's fine me signing this today, but if all of a sudden the company... 
um, you know, goes goes mad and does all kinds of things that I don't like, then mm. I would quite like to be able to say, no, you can't use my voice print anymore. And so, of course, you know, there's, there's that kind of side of it as well. Um, but I think, you know, it, it, as with all new technology, there are ways of using it for good and there are ways of using it in for ways evil. that we probably don't want, <laughs> you know. But, you know, the amount of deep fake stuff that you can do with video, mm. the amount of... Um, you know, the amount of uh, things that you can do with, uh, you know, spoofed email. I'm sure that we've all had, you know, a fair amount of that, a fair amount of, you know, texts that look as if they're coming from the post office that really aren't coming from the post office. And then all of a sudden they've taken, you know, 20 euro away from you. Mm. Um, you know, all, all of those sorts of things are all very possible now. So, um, you know, I think it's just something else for us to be a little bit, a little bit cautious of. Let's... Um Get back to podcasting. Good old fashioned human beings speaking in front of microphones. <laughs> yes. Um, podcasting, I mean, th th this is your area and, and you're well on it and you know everything that's going on now. The part of how you described yourself, and I don't know if you came up with the word, but it's a brilliant word when you were talking about radio and we were very involved with DAB and digital radio once upon a time. Um, and you described yourself as a futurologist. Love mm. that word. Jules Verne would have been very proud of you. Um, <laughs> if you were to look into your crystal ball just at podcasting and where it is now, and let's say in, give it a decent piece of time, four years. It'll, it'll mm. be 2025 mm. in four years' time. Um, where do you reckon podcasting is going to be? I think when you look at... Um when you look at audio consumption as a whole, you look at both radio and you look at podcasting and you look at streaming music, you can very clearly see that younger people, and that's people under 35, uh, so a long time ago for both of us, uh, maybe, um, uh, you can very clearly see that for younger people, they are consuming a lot of on-demand audio, mm. a lot of on-demand content. And you look at mobile phones, nobody's really using the mobile phone to listen to live radio. They're listening to the mobile phone to do on-demand content, to go and find, you know, the latest episode of something that they want to have listened to, or maybe they'll ask their Google Assistant for the latest news update or whatever it might end up being. And that's what they're using it for. And so therefore, on-demand audio in all of its shapes and guises is most clear is very clearly going to be the future of audio. Um, and live radio won't go away, but very much, um, you know, focused on on-demand audio in the future. So mm. I think that that uh, um, gives us a couple of different changes. It gives us one change, which is that we need to be thinking about on-demand audio first, not live radio first. Uh, and in many broadcasters, then that's quite a that's quite a step change. And I think secondly, it means that um, we just need to, you know, really focus on on how to uh, how people can find this great audio and what they're going to actually, you know, how they're going to search for it, how they're going to call it up, how they're going to play it back, what devices they're going to play it back on. Mm. You know, all of that kind of uh, stuff is really important too. But certainly, you know, when you have a look at um, Europe, for example, podcasting is tremendously popular in places like Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and I think some of the reasons for that is that um, all of the people in that country basically uh, speak English very well 
as well as their own local languages very well. And so therefore, they're actually seeing um, that they've got the best of both worlds. They've got lots of local content that they can go and, and uh, have a listen to in Swedish or in Danish or in Norwegian. But then they've got all of the American stuff, all of the British stuff. So they've got a wide range of, um, of uh, content. When you start looking at companies at countries like France or Spain uh, or Germany, where English is spoken less, then actually you see a proportional, um, you know, sort of catch up in terms of podcasting. And podcasting isn't as popular yet in these countries because there's much less content available to a, a typical person. But I think all of that is changing too. And certainly when you have a look at um, France and Germany in particular, they are doing fantastically in terms of growth of the podcasting space in terms of, um, you know, what, what is available. And, you know, one of the top 10 paid for podcasting channels in Apple podcasting right now is a German one, which I think really goes to show how, you know, how quickly the German podcasting mm. landscape is increasing and, and, uh, you know, how much podcast consumption is going on mm. there as well. So I think, you know, it, it is certainly going to be something which will continue to grow um, around about a quarter of everybody in most parts of Europe listen to a podcast every week. Um, that figures about a third in places like the US or here in Australia. But I think that those figures are going to continue going up and mm. to a degree replace a bit of radio, but also to supplant radio as well. Mm. I think the more radio and television uh, kind of start offering on-demand audio, the more popular it's going to become with people in general. But I think the other mm. side of on demand then is niche content because it's not, it's like Netflix or whatever. It's kind of like, OK, well, I want to watch a very specific type of a, a program and it's there as well as the big blockbusters. And I think that's great for uh, uh, for companies uh, who want to get into podcasting because there will be an audience for widgets or whatever it is that you, your company does or whatever your particular brand mm. does, however. Yeah, absolutely. And because uh, there are always, you know, I, I talk about this an awful lot that, you know, the old fashioned world of radio as was used to look at communities, but they were local communities because that's how radio works. You know, you're, you're, you have a local, uh, a local uh, transmitter in a field and it reaches a certain amount of people. And that's basically how, how radio stations work. Whereas podcasting is global and you're not reaching local communities, although you can, you're reaching communities of common interest. Yes. And that's what podcasting is all about. And uh, you end up with a lot of niche communities who are enjoying what you are doing. I mean, you know, there's a, there, there are podcasts on all kinds of things. There are podcasts if you like coffee. There are podcasts on if you write CSS code for a website. You know, there's po there's there are, I think, three or four podcasts that I've been on around expats from the UK who now live in Australia. Um, <laughs> you know, there's all of this sort of, of uh, thing. And I think it's testament to the openness and the level playing field that podcasting has mm is that anybody can be in those platforms alongside the Joe Rogans of this world and the Michael Barbaros, you know, th there they are with their own show. And if people know what to search for, or, or if mm. you've made it really obvious, then it's a great place to, um, to reach new communities that share the common interests that you do. 
Well, James, it's been an absolute uh, delight and a very ear-opening experience listening to you and uh, and everything that can be done with artificial intelligence and voices and transcription and into different languages and stuff like that. So thank you very much for your time. I highly recommend, I highly, highly recommend actually that you visit James's website, podnews.net, which gives you a free daily briefing email about what's happening in podcasting. And it's also available as a podcast, of course. And uh, who knows, soon maybe in Spanish as well. Uh, just search your podcast player for Pod News. Of course, if you'd like to chat about any of the topics that we've discussed today or you have any questions you'd like to answer either directly by myself or on the podcast, uh, just email me hello at dustpod.ie. And of course, you'll find tons about podcasting specifically for companies and brands on our website at dustpod.ie. Until next time, for myself, Dusty Rhodes, thank you very much for listening. Take care. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Hal?